Hello and welcome back to Flowing Backwards, a podcast by me, Phil Peake, and the man from Mosley, Mr. Ian Moss. But he's not in Mosley, he's here in Stockport. So this is the last episode in Season 2. Just sit back, relax, put your feet up and enjoy. Greetings, people. Uh, Welcome back to um, our endeavour to tell the tale of the cover versions that I've performed over a number of years. Today, I am back at in, in, in Phil's Hole, and um, I've, I've been fed um, a turmeric tea by Phil. Helen has grown idle in my absence, and her once vivid purple hair is dusty-coloured. She needs to get herself together, methinks. Only kidding, Helen. Okay. Off we go with the customary um, poem lyric thing. I am non-binary. I am what I am. I am unashamed to state that I am a man. I am non-binary. My sexuality on a sliding scale is of the queer variety, but I am still a male. I am a non-binary individual who is sensitive. I am non-binary and I say, live and let live. Yes, live and let live. I am non-binary and it is not a sin that I do identify myself as masculine. If you are binary and embrace duality, I am not judgmental, that is fine by me. I am non-binary, an individual who is inquisitive. My experimentation has usually been positive, that's positive, that's positive, that's positive. It makes no difference at all to me. If you define your gender as binary, what you are doesn't concern me at all. We are only human after all. Okay, that was today's um, little thing. Uh, so on with our story. And it's got a little bit out of hand. This is, uh, this is the last episode of this. Uh, this particular segment of our podcasting, um, but not um, not the end completely. We will find ways to continue to uh, invade the airwaves around you. So um, I've kind of lost um, the thread, and uh, today this is not um, linear. I'm going to leap from one time span to another and and backwards um, because I'm basically a sort of a cluttered up person who um, isn't very organised and and I, and I was thinking today and I thought oh I've not mentioned that I've not mentioned that not mentioned that and so it's a roundup of things so to start with I'm going to talk about a um, play stroke um, musical comedy uh, review that um, at some point in the mid-1980s, myself and Bobby, who'd been in the Hamsters, 
put together um, as a fundraiser for the People's Centre in Denton that was being threatened with closure. And we said we'd do something. We weren't sure originally what to do and, and we were examining doing serious things. Uh, at one point we were going to try and perform um, Anthony Burgess's Clockwork Orange as a as a play and I remember turning up and everybody was supposed to have learned something but I was the only one who'd actually done anything and I'd learned these huge chunks of uh, NADSAT um, which is the language that Burgess invented um, for, for, for speech amongst his characters, you know, I'll kick you in the yarbles, etc. And, of course, Crovy Gruber, which I called um, my recently published book of uh, lyrics, uh, Bloody Mouth, that um, transcribes us, by the way. So, anyway, um, we'd, we were going to do this play, and, and um, as... The, the serious intent passed and, and Bobby and I decided we wanted to do a comedic review, but we didn't jump headfirst into it. We went to see a, um, a well-known in, in our area, Thespian, the great dame of, um, of local theatre in Tameside. She was kind of... Um, Denton's answer to Vanessa Redgrave, I suppose. Uh, and she was called Constance Smith. She was a very imposing, well-spoken woman. And we went to see Constance and she sat us down um, in these plump armchairs and gave us Earl Grey tea. And we discussed our plans. And she said to us, whatever you do, do not attempt a comedy review. It is doomed to failure. It is terribly difficult for even the most experienced performers to pull off. So we, uh, we left Con Constance um, with, with our thanks and decided to do a comedy review um, because neither Bobby or I um, gave two hoots, really. Fear of failure uh, didn't particularly bother us. And so we gathered a, uh, a sort of cast around us um, and, and started writing the review, which we uh, interspersed with, um, with some musical skits. Um, so, one of these, in fact, two of these were songs by Ivor Cutler, both from his uh, excellent Velvet Donkey album. We, we did um, a version of Grass that we enacted some tomfoolery to. And then also, I... Um, plaintively sat on this little mound uh, and sang a Little Black Buzzer, which is also from uh, Velvet Donkey, and, uh, and broke everybody's hearts with, with my sincere pain. Uh, another skit that we did was uh, Jimmy Dean's Big Bad John. Uh, and Bobby, for those of you who don't know who Bobby Williams is, is a diminutive uh, little ball of energy, and I am uh, a larger ball of energy. So we, as as a sort of joke, we reversed that, and we stood Bobby in on on top of a orange box with shoes peeping out of the bottom to to make him taller, and I um, performed on my knees with um, 
with my knees shoved into a pair of shoes to make me look smaller. And we performed Big Bad John. Um, and it was good. It was very funny. The whole thing was was really funny. Um, there was there was an odd bit where we'd we'd um, we'd got this couple involved, uh, Lawrence and Kath, and Kath was a local beauty. She was um, voluptuous and sexually very confident. And I suppose in in the manner of sixties uh, variety shows, she she wanted to do this dance routine that she um, hid from us until the dress rehearsal the day before the show, and in this scantiest uh, outfit imaginable of lace and leather, um, with a whip in her hand, she did this erotically charged dance routine number to uh, Prince's darling Nikki, which um, which was a serious danger for some of the older gentlemen in the audience. Um, a, a more ridiculous dance was what we opened the show with because we decided um, that we were going to open up with a full cast um, rampaging dance to William Tell's Overture. And I remember I was, for, for this particular part, the opening, I was dressed in green tights with a pair of Doc Martin, red cherry red Doc Martin boots on and came trampling onto the stage. And we sounded like a herd of elef elephants because the stage, of course, was hollow. You know, it was a stage that had been put together. So you couldn't actually hear William Tell's overture. It was just this ridiculous... Uh, outrageous uh, rampaging around. It was like a blitzkrieg um, of of campness, I suppose. Uh, anyway, it was it was very it it that it was funnier than it was intended. Mistake. You have to embrace mistakes. We finished up with another on the face of it disastrous skit where we'd um, prepared a doctor doctor routine and we had somebody sat behind a desk in a coat and everybody in turn was was going giving doctor doctor uh kind of questions to him and and in theory he'd got all the answers in order to to answer these these you know he answered with a quip that was funny unfortunately the answers had all got muddled up so what he answered to the to the questions bore no relationship at all, uh, which just turned it into something that was absolutely abs absurd. And um, we couldn't stifle our laughter, and the audience were in hysterics at it. Anyway, enough of that. It was very good, and we made some money, and we saved temporarily the People's Centre. So let's play you some... Uh, of the songs that I've mentioned. So we're going to play you Ivor Cutler sitting on top of the world with my little black buzzer beside me. And then we're going to play Jimmy Dean's immortal Big Bad John. I 
I'm sitting on the top of the world with my little black buzzer beside me. My bum is cold and my face is white and I have a message for you. It's very cold on the top of the world with my little black buzzer beside me. My bum is cold and my face is white. It's very, very cold up here. This is my message from the top of the world, from my little black buzzer beside me. My bum is cold and my face is white. This is my message to you. Damn, the battery's gone. Every morning at the mine you could see him arrive He stood six foot six and weighed 245 Kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John Big John Big John Big Bad John Big John Nobody seemed to know where John called home. He just drifted into town and stayed all alone. He didn't say much. He kind of quiet and shy. And if you spoke at all, you just said hi to Big John. Somebody said he came from New Orleans where he got in a fight over a Cajun queen and a crashing blow from a huge right hand sent a Louisiana fella to the promised land, Big John. Big John. Big Bad John Big John Then came the day at the bottom of the mine When a timber cracked and men started crying Manners were praying and hearts beat fast And everybody thought that they'd breathe their last Except John Through the dust and the smoke of this man-made hell Walked a giant of a man that the miners knew well Grabbed a sagging timber and gave out with a groan And like a giant oak tree just stood there alone Big John Big John Big John Big Bad John Big John and with all of his strength, he gave a mighty shove. Then a miner yelled out, there's a light up above. And 20 men scrambled from a would-be grave. And now there's only one left down there to save Big John. With Jackson timbers, they started back down. Then came that rumble way down in the ground. And that smoke and gas belched out of that mine. Everybody knew it was the end of the line for Big John. Big Bad John Big John Now they never reopened that worthless pit They just placed a marble stand in front of it These few words are written on that stand At the bottom of this mine lies a big 
big man, big John. Big John, big John, big bad John, big John. Right, oh, so that was 1995 that we were doing uh, the play which was called Keeping the Elements at Bay, which Bobby chose the title. He still chuckles about it. I don't know what's funny about it, which I suppose is funny that I've no idea. Anyway, that's what it was called. But now, as I've uh, said, um, the chronology of the tale takes a leap and we're leaping 20 years at least into the future and I have a band called Sick Nurse and we don't have a problem writing songs we write lots of um, original material um, but the band uh, existed for about eight years and periodically you just want to play something else to kind of freshen um, things up so we did um rehearse and perform a couple of numbers um we used to play a version of the beatles uh, i saw her standing there which we rehearsed and we were quite good at and uh at some point um we were asked to perform um anarchy in the uk uh, for a special occasion and uh, we learned that and played that occasionally. The other song that we re actually rehearsed and played was uh, a song by Devo called The ba the Day My Baby Gave Me a Surprise, which is um, a remarkable song. I always love it. It's got such a strange premise. The premise is that it's uh, delivered by a man whose wife or girlfriend is in hospital after some terrible accident and uh, he's, he's expecting the worst and uh, she opens her eyes and, and that's why it's the day that my baby gave me a, a surprise. So it's sort of lovely and life-affirming, but, it, but it's weird as well. It's a sort of odd subject for a song. Uh, I remember the first time we ever played it and we were playing a gig with a band called Bobby... Peru, who um, was the first time I encountered Bobby Peru, and Bobby Peru featured um, Simon Ding Archer on the bass, who became uh, a very good friend and sort of important in my musical uh, output. You know, he's he's produced lots of stuff that I've recorded, and um, and we've played together in in the band Unseasonable uh, Beasts. Um, and what 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 I thought was odd was we we weren't similar either band sickness or Bobby Peru, and yet we both chose to cover one song each in our set, and uh, and it, and they were both by Devo. Uh, Bobby Peru performed a version of Whip It, um, feel good, and all that, and and we did um, the day my baby gave me a surprise. So let's play Devo the day. My baby gave me a surprise.
Right, those were the songs that um, Sick Nurse rehearsed and could play um, to a sort of um, fairly professional and proficient degree. Um, but I must confess, um, I was at times quite unreasonable with the band. I kept trying to push them and uh, and introduce a random element into things and I suppose I was a bit autocratic as well and I was flexing my muscles and showing who was boss up to a point you know even even if my motives were correct that you have to take chances and they are in music you should you should you should you shouldn't all be safe and plain sailing um, but as we were playing gigs um, I would announce um, songs that were going to play that the band had no idea what was coming and they'd never played them before in their lives. They didn't have a, have, have a clue. Um, and so um, there'd be a bit of tut tutting, but, but they got on with it and we did these crude sort of approximations, these jams on these songs. I fancied myself as a bit of a a smoochy soul singer at the time. No, I didn't. I was just playing songs that I like. But but some of the choices uh, were surprising to the band. Uh, so, so at various points, I shouted out to them, you know, right, let's play Heard It Through the Grapevine. Uh, okay, this next number is uh, by Smokey Robinson, The Miracles, The Tracks of My Tears. Uh also thrown in at various points, which we couldn't play, were the Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, T-Rex's 20th Century Boy, and uh, Iggy Pop's The Passenger. Um, and on one occasion, um, I got them into a reggae groove and we attempted to play... Uh, Blind Willie MacTell by Bob Dylan, which which um, was fairly disastrous, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Anyway, um, I did realise I was I was sort of pushing them to to their limits, and and there was um, there was more than a little bit of dissent. Ultimately, I think they all hated me at one point. I remember playing one gig um, up in uh, somewhere somewhere in. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the place. It was it was in a in a bar just off Canal Street, and and the idea was to take uh, guitars into the gay world, and and so we'd got the upstairs of this venue booked um, for a month of Saturdays, and uh, I called it Club Cockatoo, um, and uh, on on the second or third week, I started throwing out these. Um, these cover versions to to play um and i remember john who was playing keyboards at the time hissing at me can't we fucking play something we fucking know <laughs> and i looked at him steely-eyed and said you fucking carry on and i'll fucking batter you because i was a horrible bully as well i'm not a bully anymore i'm too old to be a bully i suppose and i'm just a nicer person i don't drink the way that I did then, and alcohol was not um, was not good with it. It was not compatible with performing either. Anyway, on, on one of these, 
after one of these performances, um, I uh, I chose to unwind at the gay sauna and and I picked up um, an embarrassing um, sexual disease um, whilst I was there. And the next time we played, I was um, taking um, antibiotics to clear this up, and and so I was uh, completely sober. And and it was that was when the penny started dropping that. I performed much better when I was sober and um, and I enjoyed it a lot more when I was sober and there was no friction with the other band members when I was sober. Um, and, and so it, 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 it wasn't a sort of Damascan conversion or anything. I didn't see the light immediately. But over the years, um, um, I've become quite saint-like, I suppose. <laughs> Any, any, anyway, in um, in honour of those days, um, let's let's play um, Bob Dylan's absolutely wonderful um, Blind Willie Mattel that he recorded for Infidels, and then for some reason cut it from the album, didn't release it. Uh, which is perverse because it is one of his greatest ever songs. Here we go. Blind Willie Mattel by Bobby Dylan. I can hear them try 
Another leap forward. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Uh, a leap by about 10 or 12 years. And um, the band that I am now um, fronting, leading, because I am the leader, you know, I'm always the leader, even as nice as I am, saintly as I am, um, my ego is still insane. And I have to be the leader. I've got to be the leader. So I was fronting four candles. Is that when you go to bed early? <laughs> You have to go home. <laughs> I was I was fronting four candles and and we'd um we were playing uh, again and a regular night that I'd organised 
at the Pier Hat um, called the Manchester Meltdown, where we're putting on um, various other acts every week for a very reasonable £3 admission. Four acts, £3 in. Monday night, every Monday in January. Great fun, very uh, stimulating. And uh, we decided as a special, because we were playing every week, we would like to do a cover version. And so we were rehearsing and we quickly ran through as alternatives um, All Right Now by Free, <laughs> which um, didn't work for us. Um, we did a, a, a we we ran through. May I add to this? It was Moe's idea. Yes, yes. It was no, yeah. nobody else's. Idea. Yes, it's it all, all my. I take, I take full responsibility. Uh, we we then attempted uh, Thin Lizzy's Whiskey in the Jar, which I rather liked. I, I that's the one that I would have chosen, but I was outvoted because the third one that we did was uh, Lou Reed's. Um, walk on the wild side but not having a saxophone player with us that day I had to hum the saxophone part which I did beautifully of course um, so anyway that's um, that's four candles and that's the last time that we've um, that I've, I've sung a cover version so we'll play you walk on the wild side and then there is another woo, another sort of a leap through time it's like Doctor Who I feel like I'm in a TARDIS okay Four Candles, no it's not, it's Lou Reed, Walk on the Wild Side, with David Bowie on the saxophone, instead of me sucking my thumb and making a noise. Holly came from Miami, FLA Hitchhiked away across USA Plucked her eyebrows on the way Shaved her legs and then he was a she She says, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side Said, hey honey, take a walk on the wild side She was everybody's darling But she never lost her head Even when she was given head She says, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side Said, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side And the colored girls go Do, 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 do Hustle here and a hustle there. New York City is the place where they said, Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. I said, Hey, Joe, take a walk on the wild side.
Sugar Pump Fairy came and hit the streets Looking for soul food and a place to eat Went to the Apollo, you should have seen him go, go, go They said, hey sugar, take a walk on the wild side I said, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side All right Jackie is just speeding away Thought she was James Dean for a day Then I guess she had to crash Valium would have helped that patch I said, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side I said, hey honey Take a walk on the wild side and the colored girls say do 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 Time machine has hurtled through time and space now, the TARDIS, and we have landed in 1979 in the Swan Inn in the centre of Bolton. And it is a Sunday night, and in the cellar beneath the pub, which is a large cellar, there is a regular event um, of, of live performance at what is known as Hippie John's Cave. And um, we are playing there as the Hamsters as part of what was the Weird Tales tour run by Grant Showbiz, um, who had run these sort of tours for Here and Now, and this was a continuation of that. So the bands who were playing with us were the Androids of Mew, uh, who were a female, all-female band, with Susie, who'd been in Here and Now, as one of the vocalists. Uh, the Mob... Who, who became great friends and sort of one of the leading lights of the anarcho-punk scene a few years later, and Zounds, who became equally leading lights in the anarcho-punk scene. Anyway, Grant Shobis had put this together and we were to play. We played lots of, lots of gigs with these people. They're our friends and, and we liked it. It was, it was nice playing with these people. Um, and all the other acts played and went down reasonably well because I'm I'm not denigrating them in any way, but their style of music was orthodox enough for the audience to understand. And also their mode of dress, their appearance could be identified with by the sort of people who go to a place called Hippie John's Cave. Um... We, on the other hand, 
looked like uh, something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> or a cutthroat razor gang from Marseille. Anyway, I'm getting uh, ahead of myself. While the bands are playing, um, I've got a, a large chunk of hashish in my pocket uh, for our recreation. I'd got a quarter ounce of hashish in in my pocket. And it's in the days when you could smoke in indoors, in, in pubs. And and so um so Bobby would be skinning up off my hashish and then passing it me back. And at some point, um we sat there and smoke and a good few drinks and everything's okay. We're watching all the bands with our friends. And um the bouncers came over, three or four bouncers came over. And, and pulled me up from my stool, pushed me against the wall and rifled through my pockets. And one of them pulled out this piece of hashish, this large piece of hashish, looked at me and then put it back in my pocket and, and told me to sit down. Now, that really confused me. And I, in, in, in my sort of confused state... My, my, I reasoned that they were now going to set me up and the police would be in to bust me. The sensible thing to do would have been to simply hide the hashish somewhere so it wasn't on my person. The What I did, which wasn't sensible, was uh, I put it in my mouth and ate a quarter of hashish. Um, we... To, half an hour later, we're due on the stage, and Grant Showbiz, bless him, who went on, you know, to produce The Smiths and Billy Bragg and The Fall, and had hit records of his own with mood swings and things. Um, Grant announced, you know, this is the Hamsters. They are brilliant. We've just put an out al an album on Fuck Off Records, which was his record label. Uh, by the androids of Mew, and the next one will be brilliant by the hamsters. So uh, with this fanfare ringing in our ears, we took to the stage. Now, as I've said, the audience have weighed us up and they don't like us. As soon as we start to play, they like us less. There is no element of blues. There is no element of folk there is no element of rock music in what we do. We, at the time, we would be compared um, to people like Captain Beefheart and to Ornette Coleman, to um, Daff and Faust. And what we were doing uh, in our sort of limited way was... Um, beyond the audience's expectations they didn't fucking like it one bit by this stage also um the hashish has taken a grip on me and i am a delirious babbling idiot with my swinging from extreme paranoia to extreme overconfidence i think i'm also frothing at the mouth and i might possibly um, have um, had uh, an accident in the trouser department, the frontal trouser department. Uh, so, basically, I was a fucking mess. The audience are 
absolutely appalled by us. I have never seen anything like it. As I say, this is the largest place. There's, there's perhaps 200 people in this cellar. And, the, and it's fairly, not absolutely packed, you know, but it's fairly tightly packed. And as we play, a gap develops between the stage and the audience as they back away from us till they're absolutely, the, the audience is pinned to the back wall like a herd of uh, of goats uh, or something. You know, going, this is awful. And we're playing, and I can't remember the songs. So it's even... Uh, it's, uh, it, we'd, we'd just took on a new bass player as well. We'd just um, sacked a bass player uh, called Cross-Eyed Steve, who could play the bass, and replaced him with a bass player called Martin Lettuce, who couldn't play the bass. So we were even more inept than usual because Steve couldn't play the drums and Bobby was a limited um, guitar player. And I um, couldn't remember any words. I was repeating things and shouting and then going quiet. Anyway, as I've said, I'm, I'm swinging from, um, from this extreme of, um, of complete paranoia and fear to massive surges of overconfidence. And we finish our regular set in, in a fashion to complete silence. And then I announce that, right, thank you for putting up with that. I know you've not enjoyed it. So now we're going to give you as a special treat a song that you know and love. <laughs> and I announced we're going to play All Along the Rock Watchtower. Why I announced that, I've no idea. I didn't know the words. The band didn't know how to play it. And, and we're not musicians, you know. It's, it, it, the, there's, so anyway, we, we lurched into some juggernaut of noise and all I could remember, and I kept repeating, was, uh, there must be some kind of way out of here, out of here, out of here. Watchtower! Watchtower! And I'm drooling and shrieking. And the audience now are sort of gouging their own eyes out and sticking uh, pins into their ears to sort of put themselves um, out, of, out of their misery. Um, and, the, and so... Um, that is, is the final story that I'm going to tell you in all this segment about cover verses. Uh, I hope it's amused you. I hope it's enlightened you. Um, don't eat large amounts of illegal substances before you go on the stage. It's not a good idea. So anyway, um, we're going to leave you with um, Jimi Hendrix's definitive version of Bob Dylan's brilliant song, all along the watchtower. And so, with that, I will bid you farewell. I will also bid Phil farewell. And I will go upstairs and give Helen a good talking to and tell her to get herself together. And the next time that I come here, I expect better service and brighter hair. Um, as always, get in touch with your responses. Um, it does mean the world to us. Does that sound sincere? It is meant to be sincere. I'm, I am Mr. Sincerity. Um, so Saintly sincerity. Saintly sincerity, as Phil said, yes. Uh, on that note, I will bid you farewell for now. 
love you and leave you, but not forever. We will be back. Bye-bye. Must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman there, drink my wine. Come and dig my earth. None will let
Well, thanks a lot for that, Ian. What? Uh, I'm sorry, but nearly all the way through that last section, I couldn't stop laughing. And you can hear me squeaking in the background. It was funny. It was hilarious. If you'd have been in here when it was being recorded, you would have done the same. Anyway, thank you very much. Don't forget, Flow Backwards on Facebook. Just leave us messages. Do whatever you want. As Ian said, it's not the end. We're going to do some more stuff and he's going to do these little mini mini shows about different aspects of music, different types of music that has influenced him. So um, it'd be like a potted history of different genres. I'm quite looking forward to that. So anyway, thanks for uh, listening again and it's good good night from me and... Good night from the little man in... Little man? No, he's not little. Well, stop, Phil, stop, Phil, stop. I've nearly forgot. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to play a going out tune. That means going out, finishing the... You know what I mean. Anyway, um, it's another... Another one of those uh, Tom Waits songs. So... I'll leave you now. Bye. The smart money's online. And the moon is in the street. And the shadow boys are breaking all the laws. And you're east of East St. Louis. And the wind is making speeches. And the rain sounds like a round of applause. And Napoleon is weeping. And the carnival saloon. His invisible fiancé's in the mirror And the band is going home It's raining hammers, it's raining nails It's true there's nothing left for him down here And it's time, time, time And it's time, time, time And it's time like a train you can see it getting smaller as it pulls away and the things you can't remember tell the things you can't forget the history puts a saint in every dream well she said she'd stick around until the bandages came off but these mama's boys just don't know Matilda asked the sailors All those dreams or all those prayers So close your eyes, son And this won't hurt a bit Oh, it's time, time, time And it's time, time, time And it's time, time, time That you love And it's time And when they're on a roll, 
pulls a razor from a boot And a thousand pigeons fall around her feet So put a candle in the window And a kiss upon his lips As the dish outside the window fills with rain Just like a stranger with the weeds in your heart And pay the fiddler off till I come back Time, time, time. It's time, time, time. And it's time, time, time that you love. And it's time, time, time. And it's time, time, time. And it's time, time. It's time, time, time that you love. It's time.